The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you should also love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As we read the Bible, I think one of the important things for us to remember is that the Bible is more about God than it is about ourselves. It's about God creating the world, um, God redeeming the world, and who God is for us. In our gospel today, we have this, this line, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. And this is the reason why Christ came. This is the reason why he died. This is the reason why he rose. And this is the reason why all of us are sitting here today. So that God himself can be glorified. And God came to show us his glory. The word show glory and to glorify isn't some kind of prideful superiority that God wants to somehow prove himself to us. But the meaning is that it is a manifestation of the inner truth of who God is. We saw his glory. It's it's God himself manifesting and revealing to us who he is. And this phrase, we saw his glory, is a very common phrase in the Old Testament. And, for example, when uh, we have an athlete that has worked hard, spent years trying to perfect his trade to, to uh, run the fastest, to be the strongest, and after working hard and being faithful to his, to his trade, He then runs a race, he comes in first in the Olympics, and the response is, wow, we saw his glory. It isn't just that he's better or faster than everybody else, but it's also his inner strength, it's his discipline, it's his knowledge. It's a manifestation of whatever it is that drives him forward to be the best. And so when we talk about the glory of God, it means that God, that God is going to reveal something about himself. That God is going to show us who he is after he's been hidden for so many centuries. That God is now going to show us who he is. And this is what we celebrate during the Easter season. We celebrate the manifestation of who God is. We've experienced a few years of his life, but we've experienced also his passion and his resurrection. 
God is revealing to us who he is. In our gospel today, it takes us back to the Last Supper. When Judas had left them, Jesus then said to his disciples, Now is the Son of Man to be glorified. And so this ordeal of the glorification of Christ begins at the Last Supper. And then Christ takes his disciples out to the garden where he will sweat blood. He will be full of fear. And he will say those words, take this away from me, not as I will, but you will. Soldiers will come to arrest Christ. They will drag him. They will put him on trial. And Christ himself will be crucified. And Christ himself nailed to that cross with people screaming at him, a seemingly total failure. Everything that he has preached is being challenged. The people that love him the most in this world have abandoned him. And Christ stretches out his arms on that cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And this is the glory of God. This is the manifestation of the glory of God. That God weeps. That God is crying. That God feels the pain of humanity and the pain of being separated from him by sin. And at the very end, with Christ looking down with pain and suffering from that cross, and he says to each one of us, I love you. I love you. Because this is the air that Christ breathes. That I am doing all of this because I love you. And this is how you will know that you are my disciples. By the love that you have for one another. You know, when we hear those words, I love you. When we truly hear those words, I love you. What emotions well up in our own heart? Well, I would imagine the words that we hear from our second reading today, Behold, I make all things new. And these are precisely the words that Christ says from the cross, through his actions. I love you. And I am making all things new within your life. Our second reading in Revelation, it speaks about the new Jerusalem, the church, appearing from heaven as a bride adorned. And you know, when, uh, when I do weddings, and I do a lot of them, actually, one of my favorite moments is uh, watching the groom as he is gazing upon his bride as she is walking down the aisle. And, you know, every once in a while, you know, you'll get some tears that, uh, you know, that kind of flow from, from the groom's eyes. You know, and just watching that as he is watching the woman that he loves walk and come closer and closer and closer to him. You know, and he's probably thinking, you know, I will make this the happiest woman on the face of the earth. And she's probably thinking... He better make me the happiest woman on the face of the earth. (laughs) 
And you know, and it's it's a beautiful image of of our life. And we who are the bride of Christ. And we, sorry guys, you know, we are the bride, we are the woman in this instance, and we are journeying closer and closer to Jesus Christ who is the groom, who is there waiting for us. Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will always be with them as their God. And this is, what, this is what John is envisioning in that second reading, in the book of Revelation. That the church, that us, we will be and we are now completely united with God because of the glorification of our lover, Jesus Christ, on the cross. That he has now removed all of the obstacles. That we can now have a true relationship with God. That God himself has now been truly revealed for who he is. He has truly been manifested for who he is. And we are united with him. There's no sea. The sea will now be destroyed. And the sea itself is a symbol of chaos and unknown. It's an Old Testament symbol for chaos and an unknown reality. Well, that is now completely being destroyed, and we can now know who God is. We now know who our groom is. And so now we can truly experience God for who He is. We can praise and worship God who is our King and our Lord. There is now no more separation between us and God. God has made His dwelling with us and promises to make all things new. Counting on the Father's boundless mercy, we now pray. That Christian husbands and wives be strengthened in their loving commitment to one another, modeling the union of Christ and the church. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That divisions will be healed, violence will cease, and the peace and justice of God's kingdom will reign in every nation on earth. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the poor, the vulnerable, the lonely, and the forgotten, that they may know the security and love of Jesus. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Today's Mass is being offered for the repose of the souls of Johnny and Penny Gilmore. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are sick or infirm, and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. And let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. Through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Amen. Loving Father, your Son taught us to ask for what we need. Fill us with confidence. And may your grace always remain in us through Christ our Lord. Amen.